podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and for this post-match after a 4-1 drubbing at Tencastle, um, I will be joined by Kevin McCluskey. And uh, proper, proper performance. We've gone to Ibrox, Patojie, uh, Tencastle, Fur Park, Livingston and uh, we've won all the games. Brennan Rogers doing Brennan Rogers things, Kevin. He certainly is. It certainly is, and it sounds great to hear that kind of rhyming off all those difficult away venues and the fact that we've got full points from every single one of them. That's uh, it's a great place to be, great start. Uh, and again, you know, the word that we used during the the halftime that was controlled, and yes. I think that's what that second half performance was. Um, we talk a lot about the notes that we take during games. And my, my notes for the second half don't even take up a full page A4 paper because there was so much in the second half and nothing really happened and I'm watching it getting a little bit frustrated I think or I'm, I'm got in my head like why are we not just going for this why are we not going for the, the killer fourth goal because the third goal was the killer goal and that was it the game was over at that time and we just played the next kind of 20 25 minutes within ourselves contained the game saved legs for midweek made the changes and in the last 10, 15 minutes again, the wee spark of life again, and we get the fourth goal. And it was just such, when you look back on it, such a really pleasing performance. And to do it at Tynecastle as well, like in a really tricky, nippy venue, and the attitude that they've had pre-match with cutting the allocation because they're going to fill their allocation, and they don't. Everything that gone into this game, every little bit of narrative that went into it, it's brilliant to come away with a 4-1. And also it means that James's three-one prediction wasn't correct as well. So I'm happy at that. Yeah, that's why he's not coming on. Yeah, he's disappointed by the fact that he got it wrong. Uh, you're right, though, about the allocation. By the end of the game, there was a 50-50 split. I think that was uh, pretty obvious because there was that many jambos left early. Um, tears okay. to shrug for that one. And I think when you're looking at the performance up at Pataudry, you and I spoke after that game about the level mm-hmm. of control whereby it doesn't seem like much is happening. When, we, when Hearts came back in, no, I'm not going to say came back into it, when they pulled a goal back, 64 minutes on the clock, we didn't really do a great deal until about 80 minutes. And it's these wee pockets of 15, 20 minutes where if you're playing under Ange Postecoglou, and it's only natural that we're going to be speaking about the gaffer who's just left the club um, at the beginning of the season, we're going for more. We're, we're trying to go full throttle at that point. The way that we approach it under Brendan Rodgers is different, Kevin. We've seen it again today. There's a patience. There's a, a real control about the way that we go about our business. We can really just uh, grind them down and then hit them when uh, you know they least expect it. I, I'm going to work my way back, and I'm going to start with the fourth goal, go back, because obviously we spoke about the first half goals at halftime. We'll come back to them. And I want to start with Awata. Um, and the reason I want to start with him is, um, you know, not often... 
do a hark back to things I've got right. Often people will say you got it wrong. But Awata, he's a player that I've been wanting to see more of for a long time, Kevin. And I think that since uh, Brennan Rodgers came into the club, if you think back to the pre-season, we had to play him at centre-half. We had to play him at right-back. And we've been saying all season long that his best performances last season were definitely as a midfield player coming in when maybe we need an enforcer or someone with a bit more physicality, a combative type of player. And by the way, I'm not saying he came in and he's a world beater all of a sudden because he scores the fourth and a 4-1 win against Hearts. But he looked so composed and the goal, um, he's screaming at all for it on, on the two occasions where O tries to, to score himself. He gets the opportunity third time round and it's a great finish. But I think it's about his other parts of his game. I think we've seen some really good performances in the midfield by Awata last season, particularly against Rangers. And we were speaking about the bench, weren't we? Um, And the fact that home didn't make it onto the bench. And, you know, I don't even think we really mentioned Awata. We're talking about Bernardo making onto the bench. Awata made a good impression when he came on, didn't he? He did indeed. He was the one player that we kind of just glossed over in the bench when, when we were talking about the midfield options. Didn't really give him any and he thought that he'd come on and be the player that he was. Um, now, I'm going to have to have a little bone to pick, though, with uh, Patrick Lloyd Jepson, because I remember it's just with me. I happened to be scrolling through Twitter a little bit through that second half, and my stream's a minute and a half behind the game, and his tweet of, Iwata, what a goal. So I knew it was coming before it came, so he spoiled that moment for me. But what a goal it was, and I, I'm expecting it to be when Taylor plays the pass across, that's the pass for Iwata and he's going to take this and just stroke it in. But oh, nips in, steals it like a striker should probably because, you know, he's desperate for a goal. Gets two attempts, misses it. And then when it breaks back to Iwata, the composure again, we'll use that word composure and control because that's what the whole performance was about. Yeah. He doesn't really, he doesn't lash at it in any way. It's on his weaker left foot and it's, it's right in the top corner. The roof of the net. It's a brilliant goal. And he deserved it because again, looking at as I say, looking at notes, I've got a big gap from like 63 minutes, 64 minutes when they scored their goal through to probably Iwata's goal in 80. But more on the other note, and then is it he's the sub that's impressed so far. Mm-hmm. And he does every single time he comes on, he just looks so as I say, composed in the ball. I don't think I've seen him give two passes away in a row in a game. You know, he's that good. He has been that good. And there's been big games last season where he came on and was the Cameron influence. So I'm really, really happy for him to get that goal. He's he's one player we really wanted to kick on this season. And it looked like he might because he was playing throughout pre-season and he wasn't getting the look in. But um, really big, big impact I thought he made in that second half, which was difficult for us to do. Wasn't um, he was a Japanese. He, he was in Japan when, when yeah. we signed him. Yeah, he was MVP. So he's he's come with a reputation, and he I thought he was living up to it in his wee cameo appearances last season and the few starts he was getting. And then it it, it looked like it just wasn't going to happen under Rogers. He's maybe just thought he's not my player. But great to see him coming on, and I, you know, you've got to hope that this is one of those moments for him that he'll kick on from there, and maybe um, maybe push for a, a few more starts. What I like about him, right, he, he was thrown in when we were a couple of men down against Feyenoord. They had to play in cent- central defence where, yeah, I know he's played a lot of games there in Japan, Kevin, but I personally don't think that's his best position. But he's one of these guys who must be a manager's dream 
you know, he doesn't play for weeks, but when you need him, you throw him in and he does a job. I'm not saying for a moment that I think he's going to replace any of the, the three starters in the midfield today. But when you see him coming on and, and making that difference and that positive um, impression, then it's great to have these guys pushing for the jersey, but also as backup. And uh, I think that was the, the most important thing. Whilst we're in the midfield, before we get to the other midfield goal scorer, let's have a wee chat about Atati because... Hatati started off this season on the bench. Turnbull got his jersey uh, when he came into it in that Aberdeen game we were talking about. He gets injured, struggling to find form, seems to click against Kilmarnock, and then he goes on international duty. And today, I think overall, Hatati had another good game. I know that people were picking him up at half-time for losing the ball, and he does that, though. I don't know, will we ever you know, remove that from his game? Because he does try a lot of tricky, difficult passes when they come off and inevitably creates a really good chance and he can create a goal, goal-scoring opportunity. He was involved in the lead-up to Maeda's goal, of course, as we mentioned. He was involved in the lead-up to Kyogo's goal and he missed a penalty. So I think over the piece, Hatati has continued the form that he showed against Kilmarnock. Yeah, when you talk about the big moments in the first half and the second half, his name's in there for most of them. If it's not him, it's Matt O'Reilly or it's the both of them that are involved in pretty much everything that we did that was led to a goal or a clear goal scoring opportunity. And I thought he was really good today. You know, people might fixate on the missed penalty because it's a big moment. It didn't really mean anything in the end. Um, my controversial take on that is I don't think it was a penalty in the first place. So, you know, justice was done that he missed it. But... I, th- I felt he's I felt he was really good throughout the whole game. And I know I've been a, a critic of him when it comes to the European games and his style of play there. Where he, I think he tries the the ambitious pass, that high risk pass, a bit too much in Europe. It only fails because he doesn't have the players behind him at times to cover when it doesn't go right in Europe. Domestically, he does. So this kind of game is is perfect for him because when he's on it. He can keep trying those passes. He doesn't seem to lose confidence when it doesn't come off domestically. And he no. knows he's going to get another chance again. And like you say, you know, he's he's played a part in two of the goals. He's missed a penalty, so he could have had a goal himself. That's a pretty decent performance for a centre midfielder. Right. Big question though, Kev. Do you take him off the penalties? Because he's won against Livy was a shocker as well. Do you take Did him you off the pens? penalties though? Did um, you put on? Uh, Matt because, I don't, I don't uh, right as well. He can do everything else. Hugo, Palmer. I think, you know... Actually, Palmer's my shout. There you go. Because Palmer's striking of a dead ball looks to be pretty special. Agreed. So get him on the penalties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say him, Matt O'Reilly or Kyogo, um, get Hatati off the pens. That was that was a, it wasn't a pure penalty, uh, but I mean the one against Livingston was. Uh, Tony uh, Daverin, we met Tony actually at one of our live events not that long ago. He came through to Don Max. It was great. It always is great to meet people who you've seen their names or, or their avatars popping up in the comments for a while. So it was great to meet you, Tony. And of course, we've got a, a big night coming up uh, a week on Tuesday with Pierre and. Um, a few of the guys he played with as well, again at Don Max. Um, and I've been asked to present a couple uh, with Martin O'Neill. What a life, what a difficult life this is. Eh? You're just uh, rocking up and speaking such to such a hardship. Brendan Rogers last week, Martin O'Neill next week. Oh, what a tough, what a tough gig that is. Um, there's a few tickets available. Um, Dumfries and Dundee. I know there's some real 
brilliant, brilliant Celtic supporters clubs in these areas uh, as well. So if you fancy coming along, the ticket links are underneath. Tony says, Celtic handled the jambles with relative ease. Yeah, it did feel like that today. It really did. Points in the bag, keep handling business, and we will have this league sorted. There's a massive difference between this game, Kevin, and the game a year ago that introduced VAR to the nation. Uh, we Remember, we beat them 4-3. Um, but it was a tight game. It could have gone either way. Taylor pops up with a winner in that game, if I remember correctly. He didn't start the game. Burnaby started. Um, completely different today. I mean, we just steamrolled them. And, you know, we could have gone up a gear whenever we fancied it. Yeah, we could have. That game last year was just one of those kind of topsy-turvy games, and it was it was a typical end game, wasn't it? Because at no point did we sit back and try and protect the lead or... Or like not not so much protect the league, but kind of protect what we had and and see the game out. It was always because the way Ange played, we never stopped. It was always going for the next goal, and Hearts were really up for that game. And I think I think that Hearts team was a better one than we played today. Yeah, and that's they 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 made it a game. But then, like I said, I put in the group chat, and I, I didn't mean it to sound anything worse than or you know. I, I, I didn't mean it in any any way, but it's just that like we made Hearts bad today by how good we were, I think. Like, Hearts couldn't get into a rhythm because we stopped them from the word goal. We scored a goal after three minutes, and that kills Hearts' game plan because, obviously, they're not planning to lose a goal after three minutes. So that throws them. We're in complete control, and they had no answer to it. Um, and then, as the game went on, we get the third goal. So is it six minutes into the second half? No. Aye, six minutes into the second half. Yeah. And at that point, the game's absolutely over. So we can't take the foot off the pedal. And we did. We just saw it through. It was really professional, basically, from 51 minutes until 80 minutes when we decided to start playing again. And during that long period when we're, we're not going for goals, we're just controlling the game. And it's it's only a mistake. It's a bad pass from Dyson Meda that gives them their chance for the goal. If that pass finds Hattati, they don't get the chance for the goal and we probably see the game out 3-0 or 4-0. Yeah. It was a very mature kind of performance. It was mature and there's another word coming in from um, Jungle Line, which I think is going to be a, a feature of Brendan's team's uh, relentless. It was. It was relentless because uh, you look at, for example, uh, Matt O'Reilly, who I think was probably man of the match today. Um, he is a relentless performer. You know, there was two points in the second half where he's he's tried something and both of them have gone out of play. And he's so frustrated with himself that he's pulling at his shorts and all that. I don't know if you noticed that. He, he gets so annoyed at himself when he makes uh, a mistake. It's like he's a perfectionist on the park, but he's relentless. So he comes back and he keeps coming back to try and improve on that. And, and I love that um, in the team. I love it in Matt O'Reilly and some of the individuals as well. Capital Mark, always an absolute pleasure to see you popping up in the comments section. Mark can see real progress in movement and intensity. That was the word we kept using under Ange Postacoglu, intensity, high tempo. Um, and we are seeing it you know, coming into play under Brendan. Without a doubt, Brendan Rodgers is beginning to implement his style on the group. I think he is. He absolutely is. I mean... Um, I don't know if I mentioned that I spent a wee bit of time with him last week, but um, when you're in his presence, oh, Kevin... When was that? Yeah, uh, last Sunday, I'll tell you all about it. But when you're in his presence... I've not heard about that. You know, even a simple thing, like he, he refers to you as your name, and you think, wow, you know, he knows what my name is. It's, it makes you feel special, like, straight away. I've seen him yeah. going into the dressing room, right, at half-time, 
when uh, the Celtic Old Boys were getting pumped 2-0 by the by the Rock. And uh, they walked out of that dressing room, you know, standing a wee bit higher, a couple of inches bigger. And uh, the chests were all popped out, as you would if you've just been given a, a team talk from Brennan Rodgers. So, yes, he is working his magic. Uh, you and Boy Martin, really good win. Brennan Rodgers, magic starting to take shape. Um, you're speaking my language there as well. You and, and Patrick is speaking your language because Patrick reckons it was delicious, Kevin. It was a delicious performance. <laughs> uh, yes. Whereas Joe speaking well my done. language. <laughs> Superb, says Joe, which apparently is one of my um, most used phrases. I was saying the other day oh, there, yeah. if someone had the time, they could go through the last three and a half years of the, the live streaming. Obviously, we've been doing podcasts for about six years uh, and pick out every time Jim says, what was the question again? because he has said that a few times. Danny Boy, Awata has been excellent since he came on. Uh, you, you must have posted that just before the end, but you're right, Danny. And uh, we've got Westy saying, let Palma take the next penalty. I think you've got to look at that, um, because, listen, today it didn't really matter that we missed a penalty. We were, you know, we're going to win that game, but it's when it does matter. You imagine that in the Champions League or against Rangers or in a cup final. You need somebody where that doesn't become an issue, Kev. And I don't, the very fact that you and I have thrown two or three names about, I don't really know who is a penalty taker. Remember, it was an issue under Ange as well. We were missing penalties. Juranovic missed a few. Yakamakis missed a few. We need a penalty taker. We do. It seems to be one of those recurring issues, though. But I can't remember or recall in my lifetime, really. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. So there you go. I can't remember us having a really consistent penalty taker. There probably was, you'll probably go back to like McAvenny, Nicholas, so that's probably slightly before my time of really remembering and watching football. So go from like when I was 10 years old onwards. I don't really recall as having someone that you would always rely on as a consistent goal scorer from the penalty spot. Maybe Van Hoydonk, but that's about it. And I've, I know I've been... What was Griffiths' for, record like? Uh, Griffiths, uh, he might have been pretty decent actually. Yeah. Uh, but I, rem- I remember I've been that. slagged for saying this before that I... Even Larson was never a great penalty kick taker. I don't think he liked taking them for some reason. And I think he I probably think he's record, he, but he, he missed instinct. some big ones. Larson's game was all an instinct. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. remember him missing big ones. I'm sure he missed one against Rangers. He's missed one against Valencia. And then. Um, ah, he was uh, rotten, wasn't he? Was Henrik. UEFA ah. Cup. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Less said about him, the better. Eh? <laughs> Chick Chanley <laughs> talks well about him, though. Yes, uh, Chico. Uh, that's Obviously, he was playing last week as well. Um, what I've got is I was given the uh, the kit bag from the game last week, right, from the Celtic team. And I'm going to have to film what's inside it because it's, uh, you know, it's a much smaller kit bag than what was provided, let's just say. So I think most of the stuff has gone walkies. But I'm going to have a look through and see what we've got. I'm, I'm hoping there's one of the training jackets because I need a running jacket now that obviously I'm in the... The new gaff, I'll be uh, spending some time uh, pounding the uh, coastal pass of Fife rather than uh, being stuck on a city bypass on the way through to Dalkeith. So I'll need a training jacket. Um, I used to love, remember the Umbro one uh, back in the 90s? It was black, right? And it had the big green double diamond on it. You remember that? I think Man mm-hmm. U had a black and red one. We had yeah. a black and green one. It was stunning. Um, but yeah, there are hopefully... I think, uh, jackets I'm thinking there. Joseph Inglis era for that one, but I might be wrong with that. But I remember the I remember the kit. Was it a lime? Was it not a lime green one that Joe Doctor Joe had? Thank you. Maybe it was. Aye. 
running jacket. That's what it's all about. Martin T. <laughs> Forrest did well when he came on. Still good for the squad. I was talking the other day, we will come back to the goals, by the way. Um, I was talking the other day, Kevin, about having a, a clutch of players, right, who, unless they do a scales on you, are probably not going to be playing every week. But they are showing their value by stepping in when required. And I'm talking guys like Stephen Welsh, uh, Tony Ralston, possibly scales, no writing the guy off, wouldn't drop him. But at some point in the season, it might happen that Novroski comes in, I don't know. Um, and having that type of player bubbling under the surface, James A. Forrest is in that bracket as well, that when you need them to come on, particularly in days like today, they know that game. They can win that game for you, can see it out. Um, I think these kind of squad players are vital to the overall uh, implementation of what Rodgers is trying to do and also the success that hopefully he can bring this season won't be down just to the 11 guys on the park. It'll be down to people like your Forrest and even a water coming in there, uh, not looking at a place, making a positive contribution to the game. Yeah, I agree. Forrest did play well today and he's in that bracket for me of a Welsh or a, a Ralston. We don't have one at left back. Do we have one up top? Not sure. Um, oh, he's trying too hard. Like the goal that Awata scores, he's trying too hard to score himself. It's not as a, he's not very fluid. He's just trying to get a goal so that he can say, right, I've made a, I've made an impression here. Uh, but yeah, I think Forrest and that type of player are vitally important for us. Uh, you know, on all fronts this season. Yeah, as, as the season goes on, guys like Forrest are going to become more and more important. Because it becomes a squad game the further the deeper you, into the season you go. Because you're looking at wanting to play, what, 50 plus games a season. So those guys are, are absolutely vital. And somebody like James Forrest is going to be so underrated by the fans in, on the whole, I think. Because he's not going to start every week. But his experience is going to be vital. Um, the fact that he's done it under Rodgers before as well. He knows how Rodgers wants his teams to play. He's won countless trophies. He's, I think he's going to be such a valuable player. And coming in today, I thought he was excellent, actually, when he's come off the bench. he's uh, He played a real big part in the in the second half and how, how he controlled that game. But he's one of those players, like you mentioned it about Iwata, a manager's dream. So you've got guys in like Iwata, Forrest, Ralston, Welsh, there will be others in there that I just can't think of at the top of my head. But guys that you say that are not happy to not play, because I don't think anyone's happy when they're not playing. But guys that could go five or six games without a game, come in, give it their all, and almost look as if they've never been out of the team. And they become the unsung heroes as, as you go on through a season. Um, but yeah, James's James's been a player that I've admired for so many years. I think he is an underrated player because he's not overly flashy. He just goes out there and he does the job and he did it again today. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope he can build on that again and, and just be another, have another strong and solid season. Yeah. I mean, James, I think, knows his, his place in terms of the fact that he's got that, um, he's got the age uh, situation where he's on the wrong side of 30. Deary me. Wish I was just on the wrong side of 30. <laughs> uh, whereas some of the other guys like Awata, I still believe in his mind he'll be looking to actually establish himself in the team. Forrest is probably quite happy to, I said before, maybe start a dozen games in an entire season um, and, you know, end up getting maybe 40, 50 appearances, but mainly from the bench. Uh, Joseph McGonigal, it took the atmosphere away. 
not having us, uh, given us our allocation. I think the atmosphere was really flat, Kev. And I mean, obviously, I'm watching from afar, but it felt pretty flat today. And um, what a lot of these teams are doing is they're killing the away days, they're killing the atmosphere. And, you know, Scottish football needs to know what our strengths are. And one of the biggest strengths we've got is in the fan base. I mean, the support for Scottish football is unbelievable. Um, and obviously, we've got two big clubs, which is a bit of an anomaly when you look at the um, the size of our game. But the fan base has to be, it really needs to be a priority. And I think that it's getting ridiculous when the argument that they're constantly giving us, and it's an argument that, you know, J.P. Mason had, not an argument, a, a discussion that he had with Alan Burroughs when he was at Motherwell um, about allocations. And uh, the argument that I've, I've heard from clubs that are reducing allocations doesn't stack up, Kev. It doesn't. On paper, it should. But it doesn't in reality. And that, watching that today, it did feel pretty empty for that empty. for that fixture. Yeah. Empty. Yeah. Aye. It was a aye, it was a shadow of the game it could have been because that's normally one of the, the ones that's on the the fixture list that you really look forward to and you go, right, you well, can feel it's palpable. Going, even even aye, at home, even if you're watching the, the game live. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you feel it, it comes through the, your headphones when you're watching the game, whatever. You feel it, this is this is a proper game. And it's the tight venue at Tynecastle. And they should absolutely milk that because it can be a really intimidating place to go. And today it just seemed almost soulless because yeah. there were empty seats at the beginning of the game. We've pretty much killed it by half time. It is over six minutes into the second half, and then it's empty. And it's so it's so embarrassing to watch that and see it. And I've got Hearts fans as friends back home speaking to them about this. And they loved the fact that we didn't get the allocation. They knew as well that a lot of Hearts fans weren't going to attend this game because they just don't fancy it. But they loved the fact that we were getting annoyed. And actually, we're going to spend airtime just now discussing that we don't get our full allocation so that they can have the tickets knowing full well pretty much that they're not going to sell it out. It's embarrassing. Games live on TV, make it a spectacle. Make it a spectacle. Sell it out and get the atmosphere. But, you know, you've got the club doing it, which is a ridiculous business decision if they can't sell the seats. But for the fans to think, oh, it's great because it's one-upmanship, but how much does it cost your club? And then you'll moan that you don't have a budget for players when it comes to the transfer windows. Incredible. Exactly. Really short Right. And JP, who you'd mentioned there, I'd seen that he tweeted something as well about this mm-hmm. game, saying, you know, that he would love to have a ticket for it. And he knows the fact that because he's a Celtic fan, he'll pay the premium. So he'll pay, he's willing to pay more to go to watch that game than a Hearts fan is. So just do the maths. Right? The, as you say, the amount of money that they've cost themselves by this game, by not giving us a full allocation, serves them right, to be perfectly honest with you. It does, it does. And, you know, will it continue? We will wait and see now. John Bosas scale showed again today that he's a first pick no matter who comes back. We're going to be in a situation, John, very, very soon when Novroski, Phillips and Lagerbjörk are all going to be fit and Liam Scale still plays. And I think that's testament to the kind of season he's had. We know that Novroski cost over four million quid. Lagerbjörk was about three million. Phillips, I think, is... Uh, would be a valuable uh, player if he was to be sold because of the, the level that he's been playing at and his age profile and all this kind of stuff. Kevin, yet Liam Scales gets picked every single week. The biggest surprise of Brendan Rodgers' coaching career 
Phenomenal season so far. Long may it continue. Patrick Heaney, think Palmer or even O'Reilly for the penalties in the future. Um, yeah, absolutely get that. And Patrick, uh, Turnbull 2-2 two and two this season from the spot. His problem is um, he can't keep the jersey. He can't get in the team and keep the jersey. Uh, because, yeah, I, I would trust David sitting Turnbull. on the bench. No, I would trust him uh, on the penalties, absolutely. Um, you, you've already mentioned Maeda. Slack pass gave them the goal. Shankland, um, second time of asking because Hart had made that excellent save about 30 seconds beforehand. Um, but I want to talk about our other three goals. Kyogo, he, he makes it 3 nothing after 50 minutes. He was delighted. It was a great move, I, th- I felt, between Hatati uh, and, and Palma uh, to open up for Kyogo. But he, he's a player that he is playing slightly differently. There's a, there's passages of the game where you think, where's Kyogo? I haven't seen Kyogo being involved. Um, it's not all about the goals either, Kevin. I think Brendan Rodgers has always been in that. That kind of way of thinking. It was the same when not comparing the two players, but Griffiths was our top goal scorer when Rogers came in at the club first time round, and Rogers didn't want to rely on Griffiths either to score forty goals a season. Um, Kyogo might be disappointed that his uh, goal tally will go maybe from thirty plus to twenty plus, but you can see how it benefits the team, and he is always going to pop up and score a goal here and there because that's what he does. Yeah, but that's still his fifth goal of the season so far, so it's not as if he's not scoring. And he's added assists to his game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think as I've gotten older as a football fan as well and watching the games and probably getting used to guys like Brendan Rodgers and then Ange coming in and having a different view in the game, I've got that opinion now as well that don't necessarily need my centre-forward to be hitting 30 goals a season. It's great if he does, but it's a team game now and we're getting goals from all over the park of more from the midfield now and that, that's the way the game goes that your centre forward's not the penalty box player anymore he doesn't have to be he's a more rounded player and Kyogo's got that about him that he'll do all this work off the ball and create the space and then it's O'Reilly makes that run in that no one sees and gets in the end of a cross and scores or you know you've got an Abada type that comes into the back post we've got goals from more areas of the park now than centre forward but it yeah. is great to see Kyogo getting the goal because, I mean, that is the biggest part of his game. And that was another brilliant goal. Palma got a lot of praise for the first goal for his pass. I think he should get as much praise for the, his, his pass in for that goal as well because it's a, it's an outside-of-the-book pass as well. It's, it's a difficult kind of technique to control. Maybe there's a wee bit of break when the, the ball bounces back to Kyogo, but again, stunning finish again. Left foot. Clark's got no chance. Really good goal, well taken. Absolutely. Kieran, I'm going to bring this up. PJD, uh, wrong side of 30, hair colour, the right side of 22, suspect. <laughs> well, uh, listen, um, it's the lighting. I've improved the lighting since I moved. Um, and, and I was on just that going to note, say that, that's all a trick of the light in the camera. It's a trick of the light, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, but in the next week or so, I'm, I'm, I'm running on the temporary basis of uh, equipment at the moment because we only came in on Tuesday, it was. But uh, it's going to be a completely different setup. Uh, the, the equipment is going to be the, the real deal that we were using in the show before. Just takes a wee bit of time to set it up uh, whilst we're running the blog as well. And we're going to have a decent backdrop. And yeah, we'll make sure that any greys will be tinted in the final edit as well. Um, Joseph McGonagall, poorly marketed. I think we're still talking about Scottish football. I always go back to Barry Hearn. Remember Barry Hearn looked at Scottish football. He said that um, those running the game were, were lazy, full of self-pity. 
and had a defeatist attitude. If they worked for me, they'd be sacked. Uh, we talk about things like that all the time because it's just, it really is, they've got a product there, right, that people want to be involved in, people want to buy into and support, yet they make every mistake in the book. Even down to VAR, it's a year since VAR was introduced. We've got the Mickey Mouse version. We've got the worst version of VAR you can buy. Um, we don't even do that kind of thing right. We mentioned Maida gave the ball away for uh, Hart's goal, but he did get on the score sheet. A very well-worked goal, albeit probably not the best finish that Maida will ever have in his football career. But he's a player that just, you know, he's transitioned to Roger's style now. Kevin, you're just expecting that level of performance week in, week out now. He was always one of Angie's men because Angie had identified him. He knew him from uh, Japan. But he has transitioned to Brendan Rodgers' style, and I think he's vital. Uh, even sometimes under the radar, you know, a wee bit like uh, McGregor in that respect where we don't talk about him all the time after the game. But his contribution is uh, brilliant. And again today, and he gets on the score sheet. Yeah, so I was looking at some of the stats before the game, just of like goals and assists and whatnot, and he had one goal all season. And normally you would look at a forward player and go one goal in what, eight, nine games or whatever it is, that's, that's a terrible return. And you'd be looking for the boy to get dropped. But he gives so much more than just goals. Like It's the work rate that he puts in. It's the thing that no one else can do. I don't know how else to describe it other than he just, he just gives something to the team that no one else does. I mean, you take him out, you lose that first layer of defence because he works so hard from the front to defend, to press and defend and hustle and harry. Again, he's maybe only, only got two assists up to now, but he's probably got many more third assists or whatever it is, you know, you want to call it the secondary assist. He's played the pass before the pass that led to the goal. Mm-hmm. He's won the ball back and starts to move. I think he's really vital. And we've probably given him and even even Rio Hatati, even uh, Alistair Johnson, we've probably given them all a disservice by questioning whether they could transition from being an Ange player to being a Brendan Rogers player. Because they were maybe and just signed them all, but they're all really, really good, very talented football players that know the game. Mm-hmm. And it might just take a game or two to fit into a new system, but, you know, we should never have doubted them and their ability. That was never going to disappear overnight. But great for him to get a name on the score sheet. As I say, you know, one goal prior to this, it might play on him, it might not. And it doesn't matter if it's a screamer into the top corner like he's won against Livy or bundled in for six yards out today. Strikers love scoring goals. Yeah. And probably he'll take more out of scoring that goal because that's a striker's goal. He's in there. It's the instinct to being... They're the ones that he missed. Out. He's missed the ones before. That That's the thing. Exactly. He's missed exactly. easier chances, isn't he? Yeah. Real Madrid being the one that everyone will come back to. You know, I know. The, the if-only moment. But today, again, he's shown the instinct to get there and he's not missed it this time. No, you're right. I think that's vital to point that out. We've scored four goals, four different goal scorers. It goes back to the point we made in relation to not putting everything on the shoulders of Kyogo. And I find it interesting, right? We're about the same age, Kev, aren't we? Right? So I'm 45 in December. Age, I? You, ah, no, no far off it, right? And uh, I'm, Axel I'm sponsored I'll be, I'll be by Greece in 2000. December, right? Look at this. Um, sponsored see, by Greece in 2000. Just, I got a haircut just the other day. So it's like it's... Shaved out most of the greys, so that's, that's what it is. I welcome the greys. I welcome them. I can't wait for that to happen uh, because I'll be blessed 
that I'm old enough to have them. Uh, and Ross, you're getting in on the action as well. Why am I getting it? And you know, you've got a big black beard sitting there, Kev. Always clean shaven PGD, uh, so you don't show the grey beard. And you've got a big black uh, beard, which is a lovely black beard. There, what right? an installation that Thank is! You. And you're not getting Thank any you. of this kind of stick. I'm going to bring this up, the DJ Choice, right? Because I was watching, you know how you've got these great accounts on Twitter who post loads of great video content and eventually they get they get binned because it's not their video content. They set up another one and they keep you up to date with all the old uh, content. There was one, it was actually uh, Manchester United against Chelsea, right? Now we're talking uh, the, the, the team that had the likes of Ryan Giggs in it and Eric Cantona. So not a million years ago, but obviously after the introduction of Sky Sports to uh, English football. With Sky Sports losing the majority of EPL to TNT games, they should try to build uh, Scottish football like they did down south. I'm just going to remind you that the reason I mentioned that footage, look at it, right? It's Chelsea against Man United. The pitch is like a trotty field, honestly. It's terrible. It's absolutely shocking. And then you look at all the stadiums now and the investment and the players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a generational thing. They've had that investment for a generation now. Kevin, and then people are getting into the game and they can't remember when English football wasn't as razzmatazz and as box office as it now is. Um, yeah, investment. It might not be Sky Sports that does it, but a level of investment that ensures that, you know, capital clubs like the, the team we play today um, should be competing. Aberdeen should be competing. There should be a team in Dundee competing. Where's your team for the Central Belt? I'm talking Stirling. Where, where's your team from that area? that competes in Scottish football, well, there isn't one. There's plenty of teams, none of them compete. Um, so, yeah, I think it comes down to investment. But then I start wondering, even if the club had the investment, Kev, because of the point we've already pointed out in terms of t- ticket allocation, they wouldn't know what to do with it. it, it you know, it'd be like a, a, a five term, a coup with a gun. They don't know what to do with the investment once they get it. They would probably ruin it anyway. You remember when Satanta was pumping in some money now, they've been probably back at the start of the 2000s. And to choose our opponents today, they went out and signed guys like Hans Eskelson with that money. Mm-hmm. Right? They just wasted it. So they, they have had the chance before, and they absolutely wasted it. So I don't know. Scottish football needs something like that, though. It does need a big investor to come in, and it's, it's likely to come through broadcasting. If someone decides to value the game, I'd say what it's worth. But then, if you look at today and you look and go, this is a team that wants to be the third force in Scottish football and they can't fill their allocation for a home game against the biggest club in the country. What chance have you got? You're fighting a losing battle there. Who's the ambition, Kev? I've, I mean, often I hear people moaning about Celtic or moaning about Rangers. And I always go back to what I call ground zero. When Fergus McCann came to the club, Celtic, in terms of financial acumen, the stadium the squad were a shambles. Celtic were a shambles at that point. And over the piece from 1994 right up to now, we're looking at a scenario where that's been built almost from the ground up. Yeah, we had the goodwill of our support, a fan base around the world, but financially, we were not in a good place. Stadium, shambolics, you know, sta- stadium that we had at the, po- the point where it was a lack of investment over a period of time that resulted in the fact that we were running out of time to get it up to spec, which was a full all-seater stadium. The squad wasn't good enough. The youth had dried up. Celtic were in that position where I remember the nine in a row that Rangers won, and on one occasion we came fifth in the league. So I'm not having anybody 
moaning or bemoaning the fact that oh it's always the big guys came away and stole all the trophies. No, I think that there's a there's a, a, a short termism about Scottish football that really is, you know, they're stuck in that mind frame, that state of mind whereby where's the ambition? Have Hibs or Hearts or Aberdeen never had a five year plan where we're going to win the league? Probably not. And that's what it comes down to. And that, the, the point that Barry Hearn was making comes down to that. Even if you did get the investment, you're, you're putting it into the hands of people with no ambition. Absolutely no ambition whatsoever. And I'm not sure that they, it would make a blind, blind bit of difference to them. Listen, it's been a great game today. I've, I've really enjoyed it. James is furiously writing up some blogs, so check it out on axon.net. Um, really busy as well on the three streams, so thanks everybody for getting involved. Ewan Boy says, I'm getting it tight today. Yes, I am. You and Boy Martin, but I don't mind that from the Axon community. That that's absolutely fine. But give me a time. That's, that's just any day for you. Exactly. You're right. And that's before the log on. That's every single day. <laughs> uh, but thanks everybody for uh, keeping with us. As I say, we'll continue to push what we're doing. Um it's not just about the live stream. We love the live stream because it's the interaction, the interactive element. But check out some of our other content on the YouTube channel. We're always trying to push the envelope. Big interview with Fran Alonso. Sit down interview with Jerry. Check it out. Uh, it was really, really well done by Jerry. Um, the fully produced content includes things like uh, the interview we did with Willie Hockey, uh, the Axon Challenge up at the Rock. We're always coming up with new content. And tomorrow I will be recording the latest episode of A Wander Round Paradise. Um, so we've got some really good guests coming up for that as well from the world of music and theatre. So stay tuned. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Network.